0: A lot of positive news for any type of pro wrestling fan this week, and we're going to talk about it all next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, let's start off with, I think, the big news that a lot of people are talking about in social media, and that is the big show that's happening on June 26th, your birthday, as we previously mentioned, Forbidden Door. Tickets went on sale Friday morning. Actually, the pre-sale was Thursday. Tickets are sold out. United center for those that don't know in the United States is the highest capacity for any privately owned arena and AEW has sold it out now twice. What are your thoughts on without a match even being announced? that AEW was able to sell out the United Center
1: yet again. For starters, I don't think I'm surprised. Um, I thought that they were going to definitely try, or I thought that they were definitely going to put on a good showing and sell a lot of tickets. I wasn't quite sure that it was going to sell out, but I had a good feeling that it probably would, mostly because they have such a loyal fan base. There is a lot of build towards this. You know, It's not necessarily something that we've seen week in and week out, but if you think about it, This is something that has been long rumored or suspected for a very, very long time through the pandemic, before the pandemic. Now that this is finally uh, coming to fruition, I think it was all that kind of everything just kind of built up and people were interested. And that's a result of, you know, just all of the anticipation leading into this. So I can't say I'm necessarily surprised. Uh, Maybe it's a little surprising considering no matches were announced, but The fact that this super show, as it's been called, is happening, um, you know, it's a it's a pretty big deal considering it's not waving a banner that says WWE. It's waving a banner that says uh, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is certainly impressive here in the United States.
0: I think what's even more impressive is the fact that it sold out the presale and sold out, you know, the leftover tickets that were left for the general public so quickly. I had no doubt it was going to sell out. But I didn't think it was going to go that fast, and that just goes to show you there are fans out there that want to see this show. There are fans out there that still will support AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling and still want an alternative to WWE, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Anybody that's really questioning the growth of AEW, and you know what? We we brought it up. We've had the questions. Where are they going? Are they growing? Are they not? I think this is a step in the right direction for saying they are growing because they just sold out, as I mentioned before, the highest capacity arena in the United States. Not once, but twice in less than a year. And both those times, it was based on speculation. Like, they thought CM Punk was coming and they sold it out. Yeah. Now they're not even confirming that he was coming. Now this time, yes, it's confirmed that the show's happening, but without a match, people are speculating what matches they're going to see and they still sold the show out. So... I mean, kudos to them. I think next step here is just to see how that pay-per-view buy rate is going to be. And it's going to be interesting. I don't think they make it to 205000 like All Out was last year. My guess right now would be between eighty dollars and 100000 just because there's too many variables that I think are left to be answered. You know, the price point, New Japan world, is that going to be part of, you know, streaming or not? Are people going to be able to afford... Double or Nothing and Forbidden Door, are they going to have to choose between the two pay-per-views? So I think that's the only thing left of a question to answer with this show.
1: You know, I think one thing is abundantly clear here, and that's the fact that I think we've all kind of overestimated the value of viewership and ratings by themselves uh, they're not a good metric by themselves to dictate growth for either AEW or even wwe because we are going to talk about the success of wwe and q1 and we are going to talk about the sex success and have talked talked about the success of wrestlemania by comparison to viewership and some of the narratives that you do here and see that people talk about on the iwc or just on other podcasts or other shows they like to talk about the lack of viewership and the decline in the ratings and the decline in the viewership in both shows and how, you know, oh, they're, you know, how, how is WWE uh going to survive? They're in the mud. AEW can't grow. I think it's very clear or this should be make it very clear after two of the topics that we're going to discuss specifically right now, one of which we just discussed a little bit viewership by itself. Doesn't necessarily matter other than the fact that it gives somebody a confirmation bias. It gives somebody the opportunity to spin a narrative or paint a narrative that maybe the company that they aren't as interested in isn't growing or isn't successful. Um, One of the things I say on the show all the time is you have to be willing to check your bias. You know, if you have a bias inherently because you grew up watching WWE or if you're somebody who is truly invested in AEW. You can admit that a company is having success while not having the best viewership. You know, that's okay. I mean, when you look at the viewership this past week for Dynamite, not very good. But when you look at the competition that they had, it's not really all that unexpected. You know, still pretty impressive given the competition that they went up against. So I think that ticket sales, especially a show like this, just kind of goes to show you whatever people want to say about AEW not growing. There's fans there and people don't want to acknowledge the fact that there may be a Laps fan. There is some sort of Laps fan that's either tuning in or tuning out when they're interested or traveling to these shows. It's not selling out by accident. Right. I-
0: I'm glad you brought up the narrative of, oh, AEW's not growing because you look at their viewership. One person that we bring up a lot on this podcast, a lot of people bring up on social media and bring out his quotes all the time is Eric Bischoff. So Eric Bischoff, yeah started this new podcast as a Patreon additive called Strictly Business. And he's basically, as the title shows, is talking about strictly the business side of professional wrestling. And he recently had a guest, uh, Mike Pandit, I believe his name is. He is an NBC Universal executive who helps with basically getting deals done at NBC. He's part of that team. And they talked about AEW and that viewership. And Eric Bischoff is a guy that has, consistently said look the viewership is stagnant they're not growing you know let's see where the the viewership leads them in as far as a tv deal streaming deal whatever and mike pandit basically said that aew is in great shape for a streaming deal when it that time comes around maybe go to hbo max and here is the quote from the podcast is a baseline of a million viewers something tony could sell as an advantage to him yes The question is, what is the price he's going to get for that? Now, as we see more consolidation in the industry and their partnership primarily with Warner Media, that's being run by Discovery executives, not Warner executives, from all intents and purposes, from what we've seen, I don't know anyone in that organization, but they're going to run a much leaner and meaner business than Warner had planned on running. Now, does that mean AEW is going to get the kind of live media rights fees that they were gotten a couple of years ago? I don't know the answer to that. But I think the advantage for AEW is that even at an increase to what they're currently getting paid, which is 40 to 50 million a year, it's still probably cheaper than scripted programming. You're getting to a point to where justifying paying ten dollars a month just for wrestling content is going to be very difficult for all but most hardcore consumers. Somebody who watches wrestling one out of every three pay-per-views probably wouldn't watch AEW's advantage is that they have on average 1 million linear cable viewers week to week. Most of those people probably have access to an HBO Max. So I imagine it's more valuable for HBO Max to have that content on HBO Max so they could grow their subscription base and retain it. Of those 1 million AEW fans, if let's say half of them subscribe to HBO Max, that's a solid 400,000 fans and subscribers who are going to drop off at a lower rate than your average subscribers. That's a lot to take in. And I know I kind of read that kind of fast.
1: I was going to say, I, I see your t-shirt and I could see that yours were sponsored by Manscaped for every, For anybody who doesn't know that. So we are sponsored <laughs> by them. After all that information, I think you just spat out. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we had a sponsorship for Eric Bischoff show.
0: We pretty much <laughs> just
1: recurgitated the whole thing, but.
0: <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about the Manscaped sponsorship in a little but bit. But tell me what, what it means.
1: Sponsor? What does it mean? What does all of this mean? It means that Americans don't necessarily tune into live TV all the time. Wrestling fans aren't sitting there every single Wednesday and Monday and Friday and saying, let me watch SmackDown. Let me watch AEW. I know I don't do it. You people know you don't do it either. It's not a good way to gauge the size of the fan base. People like what's convenient for them. They like to sit on the couch, watch it at their convenience. If I want to watch Dynamite on some streaming network on Friday night, I'm going to do that because that's when I want to watch it. So I think we're definitely putting too much stock in the viewership and the ratings. Is it important? Yes. Is it the most important um, driving factor when, when deciding if they're growing or having success? I certainly don't think so, especially probably the best example of this, at least for right now, is is WrestleMania. When you talk about what WrestleMania did, the amount of people that viewed WrestleMania, the amount of eyes on WrestleMania, the amount of interactions on social media and streams and all that type of stuff by comparison to the viewership right now, currently, and the way that people perceive WWE as being a company that is just nosediving. It's just simply a narrative that's not true by everything that truly matters here. When you talk about revenue, profit, uh, streaming deals, all that type of stuff, fans may think that or a small portion of the fan base may think that. But when it comes to business and, and people in the industry, it's not true. It's just simply something that people like to talk about. And the same could be said for AEW.
0: Right, right, I was just going to say on the flip side of that, a lot of people go to AEW, "Oh, they can't consistently keep a million viewers. Oh, they have a hardcore fan base. They can't grow. They're not yeah. growing." What but yet each time AEW has challenged, you know, their fan base, they've delivered. They've sold out the United center. They sold out at uh, Arthur Ashe stadium. The first time a wrestling show was ever done at Arthur Ashe stadium. There's a lot of those check boxes hitting 200,000, uh, 200,000 pay-per-view buys, which hasn't been done in a very, very long time outside of WWE outside of getting a streaming deal and doing a stadium show. There's really not much left for AEW to do to point out, like, listen, we are here to stay is a stadium show. In their future? Probably. Is it going to be in their immediate future? I don't think so. I mean, if they go back to Arthur Ashe, if you want to count that as a stadium show, do they go back there for a pay-per-view? I don't see why not. You have now a guy that works at NBC who works with WWE saying, yeah, I think AEW has some good ground for a streaming deal. They have the leverage. That's That's an NBC guy saying that. And for those that probably were thinking, oh, the... You know, Bischoff, part an NBC guy, to pretty much say what I've been saying. They're not growing. They're not going to get the deal. This guy's basically saying, no, actually, they, they can get it, especially with the consolidation. Yeah. It just helps their cause now because it's so much cheaper than a snow piercer or whatever other shows they got to put on, the go big show or Wipeout out and stuff like that. I think AEW is in very good condition, uh, very good shape right now.
1: Yeah, it'd be hard to dispute that, given everything that we just said and everything that's been going on this past couple of weeks. So yeah, I, I don't see any issue for them right now. I think it's all, all arrows pointing up now, storylines and stuff like that. Does that matter? Of course that matters. And you want to make sure that your fans are invested in the product and all that type of stuff. Um, but I don't think that they're a company that needs to necessarily be worried about their growth at this point in time.
0: Right. Now you did mention already, we are sponsored. Finally, we did get some sponsorship from Manscaped and they are supporting the square circle Psycho babble and Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family. Jewels, Manscaped performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20% off. And free worldwide shipping with the code SCPB20 at manscaped.com. And if my math is correct, Ralph, that's 8 million balls that Manscaped serves. I was trying to, you know, do the grooming down there with a a razor, you know, like you do on your face. It doesn't work. It does not work. You know, you got nicks, cuts. It's not designed for that area. Thank God Manscaped came to here with the performance package 4.0. And it is instantly a game changer. Inside the package, you see the stuff behind me here. You got the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker air and nose trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, the performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. You know, the, the lawnmower 4.0, this trimmer is the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest. Ball trimmer ever it it really is i'm not just reading it off the script but i believe it that's why i let them sponsor this podcast their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology the lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and it also has a 4000k led spotlight for you to get that more precise shave and let me i love that new light thing i'm telling you it makes it so much easier Plus it's waterproof.
1: Yeah. You need a spotlight to see oh, that thing. Huh? Shut up. You shut up. Let me, let me add my two sets in here. Would you, you've been babbling on and on about manscaped and lawnmowers here. The, the, the weed whacker thing that you talked about for your ears last week, but between my ear, you see, look at this. You see how smooth this is. <laughs> These nose ears. I'm, I'm almost 40 years old now. I'm going to be 36 and, uh, uh, on forbidden door, be a glorious occasion. Now, about a week ago, not the case. Manscaped sent a nice package to my house. I opened it up. Lo and behold, nice little air trimmer, nose trimmer. Last week I was looking like Orville Rennenbach. <laughs> Today, look at this—smooth, precise. I stand. I mean, a great, just just a just a great product. So if you're not going to buy anything for your nether regions down there and making sure you're groomed, whether it's because you can't get any action or you just don't feel the need to. (laughs) Nobody needs to have weeds growing out of their nose and ears. So take care of yourself, gentlemen. Look good out there. Make yourselves proud.
0: Of course. And the Weed Whacker is also waterproof, provides propriety skin-safe technology which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. You also got the ball deodorant and uh, crop reviver that will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls will thank you. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SCPB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code SCPB20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now, let's move on to the next bit of news. We already kind of talked about it already. It is the quarter one financials. As WWE is reporting yet again, Record revenue going up 27%. Now, on top of that, part of the uh, quarterly call, they said that Peacock, WrestleMania was the second highest viewed thing ever on Peacock, only behind the Super Bowl. And, of course, a lot of metrics hit with WrestleMania. Highest gate, you know, most uh, attendance with over 150000 between the two nights. Very productive. And also, the video game is doing very well. They're looking to do more stadium shows. So growth for WWE as well. If you're a WWE fan, you got to be happy with this bit of news too.
1: Dare we say the biggest WrestleMania of all time?
0: It's at least the most stupendous.
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) in any event, it just goes to show you, you know, from a business standpoint, from what Vince McMahon has been able to create alongside anybody else who's been involved with their success over the years. um, It's impressive. It's not just about you know creating new superstars but creating a brand. WWE is like the Disney World of pro wrestling at least in the United States. They keep people coming back. They keep people interested and even if you're somebody who doesn't watch pro wrestling consistently, um if you've been invested in Hulk Hogan uh, Sean Michaels, Steve Austin over the years, there's probably a good chance if you're getting a product, especially for free, because I get, I think, believe through Xfinity, that was free for most yep. people. You yep. could go and watch it on the Peacock app. Why not tune into it? And it seems like it worked. People were watching it. People were paying attention, even if they don't pay attention on a weekly basis.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, obviously, I think there were some key factors in this. Stone Cold Steve Austin being a part of it, I think helped greatly. The speculation of Cody yeah. Rhodes coming in, I think helped it. You also had the biggest WrestleMania main event ever between Roman and Brock. As much as some might disagree with that narrative. I, I already said that was BS, but it's marketing and it worked. Uh, it, the match might've not delivered, but at least it delivered in attendance and whatnot. And, you know, it's hard to, to really go against WWE right now. I know they recently did another round of releases with NXT Dakota Kai, Dexter Loomis, among those, and, those releases suck, but the revenue news, I think, is very, very good. So, you got to take the good with the bad sometimes.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it, like I said, it's, it's just crazy to think that WWE, as a company that has been so successful in terms of creating stars, like Steve Austin, like, it, during its peak, mm-hmm. the star power. The Ho- mm-hmm. um, not Hogan. Well, Hogan was during a different era, but when you look at, like, the Steve Austin, The Rock, Uh, undertake. I mean, just all of those top guys that were around during that time. And to see that right now at a point where some fans would literally tell you it's so bad. I had this conversation with one of my friends the other day. He's like, how are they having that much success when it's just not as good? And I'm like, well, it's just business. They have smart business people. They have people in the right places making the right decisions. Yeah. All of the hard work over the years, creating a brand has created loyalty amongst a certain amount of fans and it's working for them.
0: No, I I totally agree. And I think it's quite funny that the two people that you pretty much credit for the success of the two biggest companies in pro wrestling, at least in North America right now are both cons, Nick Khan and Tony Khan, because ever since Nick Khan has been part of WWE, he has just made great business decisions for wwe basically telling them listen we got to change the course of what we were doing this doesn't work anymore it sucks that some people lost their jobs but they had to basically get rid of that indie darling type that just wasn't clicking for them they revamp nxt some people don't like it because it looks like nickelodeon i get it but yeah they're building some new stars under there and at the same time they're growing and finding, you know, what, how many stadium shows are they doing now? It feels like every pay per view is going to be a stadium show now. And right. even if they don't fill out every stadium, which even Nick Khan said, we're not looking to fill out the stadiums, but it's still going to look better on TV when you have, you know, 50,000 in attendance for a Money in the Bank, a SummerSlam, a Survivor Series, all those uh, Saudi shows that they do, the UK finally getting a stadium show after 30 years. So, and again, a, a step in the right direction if you're a WWE fan or an AEW fan but there might be another promotion that might be coming in as the number 3 promotion one day maybe maybe not but it seems at least right now if it all clicks and can make some you know growth we got something here it could be revolutionary as former WWE writer big wrestling fan big wrestling podcaster and your favorite, you know, rom rom-com actor of the late nineties. Freddie Prince jr. Is entering the wrestling promotion game. He announced on his podcast wrestling with Freddie, which if you guys have not listened to that podcast, I highly recommend it. He does a great job with that podcast. He announced he is starting a wrestling promotion within three years is his goal of starting the promotion and he has a lot of things in mind. Equal time for women and men on TV. Two hour TV show. And also, I think a big one that I think people haven't really talked about, but we've talked about it in the past with on social media. Getting the wrestlers SAG unionized. This is interesting. If he can actually get this to work and get those SAG credits to the wrestlers, that's a huge step for, you know, maybe as a... Uh, A negotiating point where they have to honor contracts in the future and WWE might, you know, shift their gears and maybe work towards being unionized.
1: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, given he hasn't been in a whole lot of movies that I could think of off the top of my head recently, but at the same time, most people know him. Well, he
0: did the Punky Brewster reboot on Uh, Peacock.
1: Okay, I'll take your word for it. I' Not my type (laughs) of movie, but Needless to say, um, definitely has always been a big wrestling fan. I knew that he was involved in WWE a while ago. You know, and gotta imagine whether it's his money or investors' money, he's really trying to, you know, make something out of this. So I'm interested. Let's see where it goes. It can't be any worse than. Uh, well, I shouldn't say it should be. It shouldn't be any worse because I haven't really given credit to it. But uh, what is it? Cyn. Control your yes, narrative. Control so. your narrative. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't necessarily give that a chance, but I'm willing to give uh, Freddie Prince Jr. a chance here.
0: Well, I think both should be given a chance because, you know, Control Your Narrative didn't even have a show air on TV yet, and they apparently have a TV deal. Freddie Prince Jr., I think from what I've heard him say on his podcast, he's not looking for this to be like a national thing. If it does, great. But he's looking for this to start as like a Los Angeles uh, independent promotion. And yeah. then work his way up, and like he was talking on Twitter, he posted a video this this morning of him just like looking at possibly doing rooftop yep. uh, shows, and I'm like, that's a great idea. Just make yourself different, because who's doing rooftop shows? Not WWE. The last time I saw a ring on top of the roof of a building, yeah, Money in the Bank during the pandemic, but cool. even before that, you have to look at like the in- the intro to Monday Night Raw. AEW is not doing rooftop wrestling. New Japan's not. MLW's not. So that stands out. Obviously, the sag thing helps out too. Equal time for women and men. That's another interesting point as well, because, you know, WWE, they do a fairly decent job with their women, but people have still, you know, said that they struggle to give the women time other than the big four or five. AEW. A lot of people criticize them. That's their Achilles heel. They don't get any time whatsoever. So maybe right. he's revolutionary in that regard. So I, I'm actually excited for Freddie Prince Jr. And from what I've heard him say on his podcast, I think the guy's a lot smarter than a lot of people that are actually in the business today. I think e- if, even if the promotion wasn't happening and like either Tony Khan or Vince McMahon was like, listen, we want you here. We want you to help out with our product. He would be a great asset for both of them. He's very, very smart. And again, like I said, if you haven't listened to his podcast, definitely do it. I think my closing remark for this episode is if you're an AEW fan, that's great. If you're a WWE fan, that's great. If you love both promotions, that's great. Other promotions, that's great. But if you're one of those people that are saying the industry is dying or it's a niche or nothing's growing, blah, 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 blah. This past week just proved the industry is strong the industry is good and i i just don't know what what else you want the industry to do outside of you know posting viewership numbers that don't exist anymore
1: it's just crazy because that's that that was the benchmark for so long at least on on twitter and amongst whoever else would argue about it but in reality this is kind of something we've talked about for a long time on here you know one of the things that matters most sometimes is revenue. How healthy is the Mm -hmm. business? And, you know, not just that, but ticket sales and viewership, shareable content, all that type of stuff It all. It's all important. It's not just one metric. Right, exactly. So I'd love to get your
0: thoughts, whether you're an AEW fan, WWE fan, or just a pro wrestling fan on this. And don't forget to share this all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. Subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Cycle Dabble.